Welcome to episode 57 of Control the Controllables. Hope everyone is having a great day wherever you are. Today we bring Mark Jeffrey. Mark is the main reason behind the movement of Between the White Lines. Some of you might have seen it on social media. What they're looking at doing is they're looking at bringing together the private sector of tennis, the innovators, those that have that are currently running their own programs in whatever part of tennis that, that is, and looking to form a, a coalition, you know, working together, helping each other out. It's whether you agree with this or you disagree with this, be open-minded, give it a listen, listen to Mark. You know, he brings a passionate energy and he talks about his story and he links it into what he's trying to do. It's a similar thing to what Novak Djokovic is trying to do currently in, in terms of the top end of the game. But Mark and his team are trying to bring something together more in the private sector from, from the beginning all the way all, all the way through the game. It's a fantastic listen. As ever, a massive thank you to you all uh, for your support with the podcast, for your ratings, your reviews. I urge you to listen to the end. And even when I speak to you at the end of the podcast, I've put a little bonus part, which is Mark speaking. So anyone that has interest in the summit, anyone that might think this person will be perfect for the summit and for this project, then, then please do reach out to myself or, or to Mark after the show. I'm going to pass you over to Mark Jeffrey. So Mark Jeffrey, welcome to Control the Controllables. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Let's try and control the uncontrollables because <laughs> that's what it's all about. This is all uncontrollable. It's, it's fantastic to have you. To those listening, I, I asked Mark, how would you like to be introduced? And he said, I am a nobody. However, then he went on to tell me that he's been playing tennis for 60 years. He was in the military. He was David Lloyd's first-hand man. He's negotiated a tennis ranch with Jimmy Connors. And he's now the founder of Between the White Lines. But probably the most important thing you said to me, Mark, when I asked you that question, was that tennis has shaped your life. Tennis has been at the center of that life. A big one of my philosophies is tennis is a vehicle that takes us through this world. So it's great to have you on the show. And it sounds like we've got lots of things to get through. Yes, thank you. And it is so, so important. The time is now, not in 30 days. So... You're my first podcast. I thank you very much. This is going to be the litmus paper and the way we go. So thank you. And what do you mean by the time is now, that 30 days to go? Explain, explain to me. Oh, okay. So a bit, so I know about you and your podcast. So when we started off, it was like, this is the right thing to do. We should do something. Yeah. And this something is uniting the private enterprise globally into one tent in order to build tennis postcode by postcode. That's what we're about. And if you look you know, all around the world, I'm sure if I ask you your story about how you started off, what help did you get? What knowledge did you get? Who supported you? What mistakes did you make? By and large, you would have been doing your own silo to the best of your ability. Nobody really loving you, acknowledging you, supporting you. Yeah. I'm sure. And if you look all around the world with tennis coaches, 
club owners, academy owners, those on the tour, those doing kids tennis, junior development, high school, college, they're all doing their own thing to the best of their ability. And they're all looking for somebody on high to help them. Yeah. So imagine if we could bring that awesome force of tennispreneurs and innovators together under one tent and connect and collaborate with each other okay. to build tennis postcode by postcode. So that's what we're about. But the question was, why now? And it didn't occur to me to about three days ago, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning with a, oh my God, and didn't get back to sleep because it was just after Novak launched his players union. Yeah. And that was an idea that had been knocking around for 30 years. There was also something that I know was deep in the heart and passion of Novak for at least two years from the Australian Open when the players were being sent out to compete would, would not have say in it. Yeah. So 30 years knocking around, at least two years Novak's passion, the world's number one, it only happened because of COVID. Yeah. So now I'm looking at the same private sector and go, oh my God, COVID is the crisis, out of crisis innovators kick ass and stand up. So if we as the private sector don't get together now, probably like the tide goes out, the tide will go out. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, no, absolutely. No, I mean, I I completely agree with it, with timing, you know, and I think the moment in time, you know, and I completely agree that, when bad things happen, when crisis happens, then good things happen if people are ready for it. Yeah. You know, the opportunity, the opportunities open. So I think a couple of questions that come to my mind, Mark. One, I, I take it you're a backer of what Novak is, is trying to achieve. And, and if you are, why are you? Explain to the listeners what it is that you like about what he's doing. Okay. So the great advantage of being nobody and on the outside in is that you have very little knowledge. Yeah. Okay, so I, I have no knowledge really of the politics and da, 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 all that. Um, from my perspective, no right or wrong, tennis and tennis tournaments and, and tennis at community level was originally invented by tennis players for tennis players. And then Gradually, I think, you know, with the tours and the, you know, in the nicest possible way, the bureaucracies, tennis has ceased to be for the people. Tennis has become something else. So when you look at that, then you've got, you know, four Grand Slams that I think sort of 80% of the monies in the game come from the Grand Slams. ATP, WTA, ITF, those seven. With their Grand Slams and their Davis Cups and stuff. So I'm sure this is not true, but the perception is for their agendas to happen, they need a top 100 and top 50. And I would argue, going on a rant now, that the world's top 100 are not necessarily the top 100. They are the top 100 that can afford to pay the dues to get there. So last point, because it really answers, sorry, but answers the question. In any other sport that I can think of, if you're top 200, top 300, top 400, top 500 in the world, you can earn a really good crack. Yeah. Golf, baseball, football, 
playing in the lower divisions, cool. But we know that really, unless you're in the top 100 in tennis, you don't really break even. Everybody else is in debt. Okay. Well, and then you get top 15, then top 10. And I'm not blaming anybody. The top three take all the cream, as they do in every single other industry. Yeah. But surely, top 300, top 500 should earn some good loot along the way. I think that's what he's up for. I think, I don't know, the man from Adam. And he gets a bad rap, but I think he's got a big heart and he's for tennis and he's for the under, underdog. I'd, I'd love to think that. You know, I, I, re I really would. And I think, you know, I, I want to come back to, to what you're doing in, in a minute, but I, I'd love to think, but I, I have to look at it from a different point of view that I, I think Djokovic at times has been ran by his own ego. And, and, and my concern with it actually, ironically, is the timing of it. And I, and I, take, your, uh. <laughs> I, I, I take your argument about it, about it coming after COVID. However, it feels like for, for tennis players, and I've spoken to quite a few tennis players, that now, now's the time for the sport to be united. And now's the time for us to be grateful for being back on the court Now's the time for conversations to be had to bring men and women together. But it feels as if Djokovic has got together with a couple of his old cronies and gone, right, this is what I'm going to do. I haven't seen anything in the plan that is talking about looking after players, 300 in the world, 500 in the world, okay. men, women. Well, you know, and I'm ignorant. But, and, and play devil's advocate, I understand the phrase, now's the time we need to stick together. But you've been sticking together in the same old, same old for 60 years for tennis. Tennis hasn't changed for 60 years. Yeah. And you've been arguing this for 30 years. So if, if not now, when? When for Djokovic? Because it's needed. Everybody's been barking away. One of the reasons why Between the White Lines started. Everybody on social media is chipping away. This is not right. We should... And everybody listens and there's no action. So Novak, well done, taking action. Who knows where it's going to go? You might be united. Yeah. But there's a reason to be united if Novak, world number one. And yeah, he's got an ego. You've got to have an ego, I think, to be world number one in this cutthroat game. But I think he's got, who knows? I think he's got big heart. I think he is for tennis. And Novak Djokovic, world number one, he has a big pull. He's, yeah. you know, he... he what makes Mark Jeffrey have that same pull? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. But, I've t so it is extraordinary. So yes, you know, I am a nobody, but I have done lots of things in tennis. My passion to start off with is that with my lens, you, you know, you see that tennis has been gently dying for decades. You know, when we play all our club matches, we play against the same old people. The only difference is they're five years, 10 years, 20 years older. And we all say to each other, I've matched, where's your juniors? So from kids and all the conversions all the way up the line, junior development, you know, academies, clubs, colleges, high school, it's dropping off. And then we have the second big problem with that is that uh, it's a glib phrase, but it's true. We're living in a microwave popcorn society of instant gratification yeah. fueled by social media and you can see it. So within that second problem, how do you get people to fall in love for the long term for something when the whole society is instant? Yeah. And then we have our third big problem, 
which is the world is exponentially changing. So if we look back on the last five years, we go, oof, that was that's all those changes. Yes, it was, but it's the slowest it's ever going to be. It's only going to be much quicker in the future. So unless we modernize and get involved with VR and new technologies and modernize the sport, you know, add to the popcorn society, add to tennis is dying. Yeah. Those are three pretty huge problems. So Absolutely. as an outsider looking in, once I see it, you go, wow, that's so obvious. And I think when you're in, you can't see it because you just see business as normal. But perhaps Novak again has seen it from a distance and gone, no, no, this needs to change. We might rustle from feathers. No, who knows where it's going to go. Uh, and I would hope, I haven't seen any of the stuff, that the top 500, I'm your man to get a greater share of the pot to fund you guys. Yeah. If you could achieve two things, I'll give you three at a push. Okay. Okay. Through, through the summit, through not just the summit, but through what, you've, what you're starting with between the white lines. What would be the two or three things that you would achieve? Okay. First one is awareness and recognition from what we call the tennispreneurs and the innovators, the private enterprise around the world, that we want and need a home. Yep. Second one then is to be able to, for everybody, to be able to connect horizontally and collaborate. So if your specialism is whatever your specialism is, academies, yep. how could you connect and collaborate horizontally to find out from everybody, how are we going to reinvent academies in the future? Because every single sector needs to be reinvented. Yes, it's not, it's not business as normal. Absolutely. And unless you guys at the academies have a whole uh, entrance at the beginning and junior development, you will run out of people. Do you know there's 250 academies in Delhi? You might not know. 250 academies, yeah. not clubs, yeah. academies. There are thousands of academies in the world. So you're in competition with the rarefied top. Absolutely. So those are the two things. And then the third thing that had a push is to be able to train people like you. I'm sure you have a blueprint that works. And there will be people all along the playground podium somewhere in the world and we've got people from africa and india and who have blueprints how can you get blueprints bottled marketed sold worldwide yeah. with people just like you to create the social impact that we're up for and for you guys to trade your knowledge for money rather than ours for money those are the three things thanks excellent. for asking no no excellent and great answer and i think it's i think first and foremost actually mark well done do you know what I mean? Well done on on standing up for what you believe. You know, I've I've seen your passion firsthand the last few weeks in terms of how you're getting this going, and it's and it, it it's it's contagious. It's it really is, and I think you you're doing a fantastic job with it. So, can you tell the listeners how you're going to do those things? What's yes. the first step? Okay, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yes, and when we started off, we started off with nothing, no one, nobody. Um, and then from our amazing leadership executive, we now have 40 extraordinary human beings and masters of their craft, which I'll get back to in a minute. We also have international networks in the Indian subcontinent, 10 countries in Africa, Latin America, in about 12 weeks with nothing. So you can see 
that the timing and the message resonates. So how are we going to do it? So let's go through a few people. Oh, let's go a few people you don't know. <clears throat> so we have people outside the sport. So we have the United Nations High Commission for Refugees that work with the International Olympic Committee to create the refugee team for the Olympics. They're speaking on not just about what sport means to refugees, but what tennis means to refugees and how we can get tennis into refugees. Um, that's cool. We are speaking today to a lady called Valerie Condos. Because she, you may ask, she was head of the USA Gymnastics and she's written a book about winning isn't always success. Yeah. So we have a few people outside the sport with their lens. People you would have heard of, Frank Giampaolo. He speaks all the time. But he's never spoken on 35 years on the road. What I've learned with players, coaches and parents on how to recruit and retain people in the game. Yeah. 35 years of Frank on the road. Can I just go back to the speaker before that? What was her name? Valerie. Valerie. Valerie Condos. And she's not I, in yet, but I'm, okay. I've got a call with her in a few hours' time. So Please get her in, because that, I actually, ironically, just did a, I, I did a talk with, with my academy, with my coaches, players and parents last night, all about reframing what winning is. Okay. And 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 it's a, it's a, I think it's a massive thing for us in the tennis world. And just to go off on a small little tangent, and this also links into what I'll be speaking to in the summit in a few weeks. Yes, you're speaking. It, it, which is very kind of you to have someone like myself come on. Energy, Mark, man, you bring the energy. <laughs> so eight, 87 million people play tennis globally, you know, at least a couple of times a week. And that's not, I've not gone around counting them. That's an ITF study. Okay. Yet, yet 0.000575% of them make money through playing tennis. Wow. Through playing tennis. Yeah. So that means we've got 99.999425% wow. of, of players that we are, that are in our field, that are in our industry, yet, yet the number one success measure that's pretty much only spoke about is did you break top 100 in the world ATP or WTA? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you play Grand Slams? You yeah, know, yeah. And, 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 and as an industry, I, I'm a strong believer and I'm a passionate believer that we need to re-educate what success looks like in okay. our sport and, and, and okay. how we're talking about yourself here and, and, and my talk's going to be, you know, tennis is a vehicle, not a destination. You know, your yeah. te you've talked about tennis being your vehicle for sixty years into yeah. many amazing things that you've done. Yeah. In yeah. my my thirty forty years, it's been exactly the same. And how can we educate people that this 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 sport is a beautiful sport, and there are many success measures. Strive towards being the top at what you do, absolutely. Yeah. However recognize all the other amazing things that yep. you're doing and, 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 and how that's going to add value to your life in so many other ways. And, yep. and, and just listening to, to, to the book there, that's something that certainly oh. I'll, be, I'll be checking you out afterwards because it sounds like a book I, I have to read. Well, let me go on then because this is a real touch point. So, but first of all, you've got to give, just on what you said with that amazing statistic, you've got to give Novak a pump, haven't you? Because you've got to break some eggs, you know, to make an omelette. Anyway, yeah. fact from Novak. Uh, so USA Gymnastics, you know, we don't know in the detail, but we know that they sacrificed everything and a brutality regime to get winning. 
and she was the lady leading that and now out with her own success. We have Sam Joller, and I can get him on this programme if you'd like. Yeah, he's coming Written on next book. week, Mark. He's coming oh, on next week. Awesome. It's all set up. Yes. Can we preface him? Yes, absolutely. Because an amazing story. Absolutely. Like at 13, he could have been a boy soldier, Sierra Leone against Nigeria. Yeah. He found tennis. His dad said, son, what do you think you're doing? Show me your hands. I'm going to cut off your hands. Tennis is a white man's wealthy sport. Yeah. So he left. Played tennis for his country. Got $250. Came back to his dad and said, dad, there's $50. That was his annual wage. And out of tennis, his book is called Tennis Saved My Life. Yeah. With his TED Talk. Now coaching on the tour. Yeah. So this is all about tennis yeah. and what it builds not just character, but all sorts of many things for people to have an amazing life, relationships, businesses, create jobs, make jobs. And again, it's one of our passions. Why? It's not even really a middle class sport now, I don't think. How can we get all that right down the stratas for everybody to be able to have access to this sport, have fun and create the best life for themselves in the fourth industrial revolution, which is coming our way where repetitive jobs won't be the forte of human beings. Very good. No, I can't, I can't read Segal, that. We have Fernando Segal taking on the same topic. And he already had for 10 years, I thought I was an innovator, for 10 years he had a curriculum that as you got better in your skills, you also learnt new things on human values. 10 years he's been doing that. Right. So all that and more is coming to the summit and it's right in your bag fantastic and, and with the summit obviously the summit i guess is is happening but that's not it is it that's that's the that's no, the no. first this step is, this is the two-day trojan horse don't know what would say it in the army the blitzkrieg it's yeah. a game line two days of that we got yeah. 40 speakers um and the aim within your sector, you take away three things that you can put into action tomorrow to recruit, retain, or bring lapsed tennis players back. That's what it's all about. So it's nothing to do with tennis. It's all about what does tennis mean to recruit, retain, and bring back lapsed players. Um, and then we will have an ongoing club yeah. for tennispreneurs and innovators to join together, to connect, and again, to keep going, I keep coming back to this word horizontal, to share success and IP horizontally across the globe. Yeah. Yeah. We have India represented. 1.4 billion people in India, 150,000 tennis players. Yeah. Cricket sucks up 95% of attention, investment and sponsorship. Their aim with everything they're going to meet and the technologies they've already been exposed to in the summit is to make tennis the number two sport in India, go up from 150,000. Could that be an opportunity, you know, for Daniel and other people around the world to go, hey, I've got success, let me transfer it to you. Africa's the same. We've got 10 countries in Africa headed by Timmy. It's not even regarded as a sport throughout Africa. It's just a recreational hobby. Well, we also have uh, Anthony Harris, that might be on the show. So he's like you in Cape Town. Yep. With an academy whose mission is let's Africa train the first African ATP champion. Yep. And his one of his trainees has now broken top 100. 
Mm. So, again, Daniel and others like you, is that an opportunity to get your blueprint throughout mm. Africa, throughout India, yeah. horizontally? Absolutely. No need to go to National Federation or this, that, and t'other. No, no, no. We can look after ourselves, thank you, because we're innovators and we're the private sector in tennis. Yeah. Fantastic. And how do how do people get involved in the summit? What's the what's the logistics? Uh, you know, and and also I guess how it how, what it, what is it going to cost? You know how yeah, it's going to be funded? All of those things. Cool. <laughs> I look at your eyes when you ask me a question. You're thinking, oh my god, I wish I hadn't asked that question. It's it's going on. So uh, the first one is two days. Uh, it's a virtual summit. It's the 26th, 27th of September, just before uh, 25th, 26th, just before the French Open. Um, they can just go on now to Facebook between the white lines, get into our Facebook uh, page. They're in, we'll give them all the information. You can't buy any tickets now, but you will. But price is never, price, even though this is the private sector, price will never be the barrier. So we have a big free section. So, you know, even if you, you know, don't have any cash, free, come on in, pick and choose all these amazing speakers. Yeah. Emilio Sanchez speaking on belonging. That's yeah. odd for Emilio to speak on belonging as he's a world-class coach. Yes, but his subject on belonging with club and academies is if people feel they belonged, they would not drop out of the sport from the early 30s to the early 50s. Massive. Yeah. So all these things people will learn for free. And then, yes, we have a paid-for section where people can watch because they're so amazing speakers like, oh my God, I want to watch them all. Well, you can right until the end of the year. And then we have a slightly higher price for the business people and the VIPs that want to connect to people like Dan and meet with Dan uh, before and after the summit and go to the breakout rooms and have conversations with Dan, Frank, Emilio, Sam Holler, Anthony Harris, you know, on and on and on. So the VIP section is where you guys get my speech, guys. Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, your speech is one of four. I know. So they can. And we've spoken about, you know, your headline and what it's all about. So the whole list of speakers over the two days is there. And you can go and pick and choose for free. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's so many and there's so many extraordinary choice at the same time. You might upgrade so you, kind of, you don't miss a thing. And if you actually want to do business right now in India and Africa and Latin America or North America, wherever, and you see these great people, you know, perhaps Dan's got some consulting lined up with future academy owners. Go, don't make these mistakes. Here's my method. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And by, it's actually something, and again, through lockdown, and we talk about innovation. And what we've done actually as an academy during lockdown is we have, we started downloading our philosophies, thoughts, experiences, oh. all all onto online courses. Oh, so, wow. so, so we've taken Soto Tennis online, and we're developing from a from a, 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 a relatively cheap course that's yep. going to take that's going to take you thirty minutes over two weeks um, to going into actually some getting actual syllabuses and getting you know philosophies and structures and ways that we work um we've 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 downloaded and, and bringing all of that together right now and i think that the world is very much 
going remote. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. we've, we've changed. We've all yeah. had to quickly change the way that we think. And know. it's coming home. It's coming local as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. absolutely. But it's also because I think we're all so much more comfortable now as we're doing yeah. now speaking on Zoom. Yeah. The world has become a smaller place in a lot of ways over the last few yeah, months. Yeah. No question. And, and we can... on that, so we've got also a guy called Ramon Oza. Okay. Been playing tennis for ages, top class coach, made many mistakes going online, but has now got it cracked. So he's also speaking on how can you, Daniel, with your mastercraft on the court, with little time off the court, how can you quickly and easily package, bottle and sell yourself worldwide? Unless you want to go four years that I've done, four years of huge time, energy and cash investment to actually finally have something you can sell worldwide. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. It's absolutely. like dominoes falling, going online. And if you've got a row of dominoes and one is spaced out, you don't have a business online. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry to have so much passion. No, uh, no, it's great. And and what what have been some of the the challenges of this and, and, and also maybe some of the opposition towards okay. it? Uh, well, strangely, so far, there's been no challenges and no opposition. Isn't that extraordinary? It's, Fantastic. I wouldn't say by any means it's been the easiest thing I've done in my life, but starting from Aussie, nothing. Blank sheet of paper, who are you, Mark Jeffrey? Who's giving you permission? Starting from the leadership committee and networking, referring. Everybody's referred awesome human beings, masters of their craft. Most, most people, and particularly the greats, haven't asked, haven't waited for me to pitch them. Yeah. They've gone, count me in. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Like, well, you're Amelia Sanchez, you're Frank Ewan Barlow, you're yeah. Dave Fish. So clearly the message resonates and the time is right. So yeah. my biggest challenge is now the next 25 days. So let's put it into tennis parlance. This is about closing out. Yeah. It, you know, we've played a great game so far. Yeah. But unless we close out, there's no point playing a great game. Yeah. So really, we've got 25 days and counting, 24 days and counting, to get the private enterprise to wake up, register, be there for free. And from that, we can create a movement. That's what we're about. Yeah. It's just occurred to yeah. me, Dan, we're a movement. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, keep, keep making your first serve, Mark. The biggest yeah, bit of advice I give, if you're, trying to, if you're trying to close this thing out, first serve percentage is probably the, the number one yeah. variable that we're talking about here. Yeah. So how, whatever that is greats. in your context. I'm surrounded by greats and they're all doing their own thing. So obviously you've got it to this point, Mark, but how did this all begin? What was the story behind this? You know, tell, give us the why, the reason, the purpose okay. and how it all got going. Great question. And it's interesting how a throwaway line is the seed for something that could be a breakthrough in tennis never looks the same again because we do build tennis postcode by postcode horizontally. Uh, so about six months ago, and you must have seen it online in most of the forums and the coaching groups, there was constant harping and bitching going on. Constant. USTA, ITF the new tour, coaching structures, constant, constant, constant. And, and a few people were shouting out for, yeah, yeah, don't just shout, but what are you going to do in its place? What's your disruptive idea? And you know, that was crickets, that was Silent Night. 
And at the same time that was happening, so that was about six months ago, on a totally unrelated subject, an American general quoted an Arab proverb that said, the dogs bark, but the caravan moves on. A bit like Djokovic and the ATP and the Power 7, to be fair, the dogs bark, but the caravan moves on. I.e., you can whinge all you like, but you're not going to change anything. Yeah. And so six months ago, I thought, no, that's, that's not right. That's not right. We've got to do something. And it was only through COVID did that. So he thought then, right, no, the dogs need not to bark. We need to control the future ourselves, and we need to have our own caravan, our own home. Yeah. So between the White Line Summit, Bill Tennis Postco by Postco is our caravan, and all the dogs that come here get motivated, give the skills, give the contacts, go and build tennis. Fantastic. Fantastic. And now taking it from that to bigger picture. Yeah. What does then the bigger picture look like? Ah. Three years, five years, how does that look? So I actually haven't thought about that. Uh, I I can give you an answer, but we've had 12 weeks of make it happen from nothing and who are you to 40 speakers and international networks and all this. Um, one thing that I do want to so there are many initiatives I think tennis in three to five years time by what is planned now when nobody knows about us haven't done the summit haven't got a club from what we know now tennis will look radically different Mm -hmm. from initiatives we've got virtual reality coming in Gregory Gettinger the leader of this movement key speaker He's already working with our international networks to get VR in. And VR enables beginners in particular, but anybody, to be able to train the fundamentals quicker and cheaper through VR. And whatever your level is, you can train the next level quicker and cheaper. So that means when you go on court, you can have more fun. Well, VR is going to revolutionize the sport, both as a separate e-sport and how it impacts into tennis sport. We have Dave Fish, ex, you know, nine, 10 years development director of UTR. Yep. Seeing amazing brain and an amazing person, as they all are. Has a worked out concept with financiers about bringing tennis home. Why should, you know, averagely good, even though they're world-class, averagely world-class people in their teens with no money, why, why should they be hopping on a plane, doing long distance, going to expensive hotels, paying mm. for all this, and get knocked out of the first or second round of the futures or challenges? Yeah. It's not right. Why don't you bring that to them? So this movement of bringing tennis home with top-class, world-class players and letting the cream rise to the top and then go on the tour will be happening. And so every single, right, colleges, we've got Dave Mullins, head of the American Intercollegiate Association speaking on colleges 3.0. How are they going to invent themselves when colleges and universities are going to be in a very tough time because everybody's going online? What happens to American college thing then? We have Bill Patton uh, speaking on high school tennis with Kevin Record that gets 100 plus people playing at high school. What's going to happen in, in high schools in the future? Academies. They're going to change. They're going to reinvent your speaking. We have Anthony Harris from Cape Town speaking and the club sector and junior development and kids and gamification. So every vertical segment you see is going to be reinvented. 
Yeah. And we, we, all of us, the innovators, will be at the forefront of that. And we can transfer our knowledge horizontally and with yeah. people like Ramon Oza, be able to bottle market it and sell. So I think we genuinely, not just puff, we are going to be at the center of the modernization and the growth of the sport. Truly, who else to do it? No, there's yeah. nobody else stand to do it. Who's going to do it? Yeah, absolutely. There's no criticism about anything else because they have yeah. policies and regulations and things to do. Yeah. We are about making things happen and kill to eat and growing the game yeah. because we love the social impact. Yeah, I love it. So come back to me in three years' time and you go, Mark, those are brave words. No, no, it's it, it, you can see you can see it happening. Yeah, it's, it's not uh, completely, it's, completely. People, people coming together is very powerful. You know, and, yeah. and and certainly people coming together with the mindset of making things happen, and and I think like like you say, there is there are thousands and thousands of people in in our amazing sport that have been working in their own little worlds, yeah. make, making things happen, doing incredible things that not many other people know yeah. about. You know, so br bringing that all together has to be a good thing. I'm really excited to be involved. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much Thank for coming you, on to the I've podcast, Mark. Thanks for energy. Awesome. No, and yourself. I'm sure. Shivers down my spine now. Thank you. Everybody's going to love listening to this. Get yourself involved. Between yes. the White Lines, Facebook, best way yes. of getting signed up to start. I'll yes. be sharing that over the next couple of weeks as well on all of our Soto Tennis social media. You yeah. know, you, you hear my voice a lot, guys. Don't come for me. Come for all the other amazing speakers that are going to be there. There's lots to learn. They let's are amazing. Up, let's keep our minds open to what can be achieved. So thank you, Mark. Good luck. And it's a pleasure to be a part of it. Dan, thank you. Genuinely awesome. Love it. Thank you. A big thank you to Mark. Love the conversation, love the passion, love the concept, and I'm delighted to say that I will be I will be speaking at the summit. Uh, if you've not had enough of my voice already, then get yourself involved. Uh, there'll be more details that will link to the podcast. Hope everyone else is good in this mad world that we're living in. You know, I think we've all we've all started to adapt very well. Hope everyone's feeling. They've got their mental health. We did a mental health awareness week a few weeks ago. Those that did listen, then thank you. Those that didn't, then please do. We do want these podcasts to, to energize you guys, to educate you guys and entertain you. But I urge you, if you're not feeling those things, then, then reach out to someone. Make sure you're talking to a friend. We want to keep the mental health at the absolute forefront of, of what we're doing here at the podcast. For now, I'm Dan Keenan. My co-host is John McGann. We are Control the Controllables. I'm now going to pass you over to Mark, who's going to talk about the speakers. If you're listening, Judy Murray, this is his plea.